What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. Talking with Views, episode 69, the Wednesday news. Now, today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the Golden Knights because they're having a crazy start to the season. The World Series is finally set, and there's only one undefeated top 20 NCAA hockey team in the nation. So, we're going to tell you who that is. But first, let's head into the world of college football. So, yes, unfortunately, last week, college football episode did not come out. Um, Very late um, changing of plans and stuff like that. Really wish it was able to come out. Unfortunately, things came up. So I'll try to catch you guys up on what happened um, the last week and a half or so. So Michigan has been accused of sign stealing. Supposedly, Connor Stallions, I think I said that correct. Uh, He's a staff member at the University of Michigan. And supposedly is the center of the whole stealing um, science thing. Supposedly he's bought tickets on his own name uh, for more than 30 games in the past three years. Not looking good for Michigan. I don't know what they're going to do when it comes to the punishments. I don't know if it means vacating wins. I don't know if it means suspending um, this guy or other people involved. Or even Harbaugh because he's the head coach at the uh, at the time. So... I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if they're going to take away uh, postseason or bowl eligibility, which I highly doubt they will because of what Michigan's doing now. Um, but all that kind of stuff could happen. So we'll have to see who uh, what comes out after, out of the, the whole scandal there. Utah has some bad news. Quarterback Cam Rising and tight end Brandy Kunith um, is done for the year. Rising coming off that injury last year. Was expected to start sometime this year. Just is not able to come back, and uh, Brady, the tight end, big tight end school last couple of years. Utah's had some great tight ends, and uh, Brady's another great one out of there, so uh, tough news uh, for the Utah Utes there. Uh, Quinn Ewers, Texas quarterback, he has a grade 2 AC joint sprain in his throwing shoulder. He's expected to miss some good time, uh, meaning that we're going to get a new quarterback for the Longhorns this upcoming week, so he is not expected to be a season-ending injury, but... It could mean a season-altering injury uh, for the Longhorns. Who knows what, what's going to happen now the next couple of weeks, whether it's losses or uh, just potentially not winning as uh, confidently as they probably should have. So we'll have to see what happens with the Longhorns there. Let's get into the game recaps of the weekend. We'll start off with the biggest game of the weekend, number three, Ohio State, hosting number seven, Penn State, and they won this one 20-12. Ohio State looked very good defensively. Uh, offensively for Penn State, did not do anything really that whole game. Really tough blow them. Uh, James Franklin, head coach of Penn State, unfortunately with this loss, his resume is not looking good. He is 2-12 on the road against AP Top 25 schools. He's 0-10 on the road against AP Top 10 schools. He's only 1-9 against Ohio State, and he's only 1-12 against Top 5 schools altogether. Not a good record, not a good resume there. Yet, Penn State seems to always be out there. So how much longer are the, the Penn State committee and James Franklin going to be buddy-buddies? Because you can't keep losing games and get away with it. I mean, I know that they're always a top 25 school, but Penn State's got to start winning big games. And if they can't win those big games, where else are you going to go? You're not going to go very far. So they got to find a way to get those big wins. Um, I think they have to play Michigan later on in this year. And if that's the case, maybe that's a big... Uh, 
uh, career saver for Franklin and Pet State, which I don't think he'll go anywhere anytime soon, but potentially I have to start looking towards uh, maybe the head coach not being able to get it jo- get the job done there. Let's move on. Number six, Oklahoma escapes UCF 31-29. Very close game. Oklahoma is still able to get the win there. Mississippi State beat Arkansas 7-3. Just wanted to include this one because there was only 10 points scored in this game. Crazy amount of points. Uh, and it, the crazy thing is, Iowa was not involved in one of these two games. So 7-3, Minnesota, Mississippi State over Arkansas. Number nine, Oregon was able to finish off Washington State 38-24, pretty much ending Washington State's chances of anything. Oregon keeps on rolling. Number 11, Alabama beats number 17, Tennessee 34-20. Pretty good win for Alabama. They're kind of sneaky in the SEC. No one has really been talking about them since that early loss to Texas this year. Um, They keep on winning. They're looking pretty good overall. Uh, Alabama potentially Sneaking in the SEC championship game, maybe, as a, a team that could beat Georgia. Minnesota upset in number 24, Iowa, 12-10. to 10. This is staggering. Um, I don't know what to think of Iowa. Whenever it seems like they get ranked, they lose. Whenever they're, they're not ranked, they win. I don't know what's going on over there, the Hawkeyes system. Uh, Minnesota, I thought, was a better team than this. They just they scored 12 points. Yeah, it was enough to win. But against Iowa, you know it's going to be a low-scoring game. And it just happened to be 12-10 to 10 Minnesota this time. So Gophers win this one and get the upset win there. Number 8, Texas was able to fend off Houston just long enough, 31-24. North Carolina, 10th ranked in the country, gets upsetted by Virginia, 31-27. This is Virginia's first road win versus an AP Top 10 school in French or school history which is uh, very impressive against a team that I think uh, a lot of people had very high alongside uh, Florida State in the ACC going into this upcoming week. Now with North Carolina losing, I think Florida State's cruising in the ACC, and they should be fine as long as they win out. So we'll have to see what's going on there. But North Carolina, that's a tough loss right there. Number 13, Ole Miss able to hold off Auburn 28-21. Florida State, as we just mentioned, was able to beat Duke, another ACC school that a lot of people were liking the last couple weeks. 38-20 loss for Duke. Uh, this pretty much solidified that Duke will not be going anywhere fur- further than maybe a top 20 school this year. Number 14, Utah beat number 18, USC, 34-32 with a walk-off field goal. USC and Utah. This is an interesting rivalry. Um, it's going to be the last time we'll see these two going up against each other for a while, I would I would suppose. Caleb Williams against Utah is absolutely terrible. He's 0-3. Numbers are, are absolutely garbage. He cannot get it together. Last couple of weeks, USC has looked terrible. They cannot move the ball well. They're expecting a lot out of Williams. Defense has given up way too many points at Williams. Somehow, sometimes he's able to get points back. Most of the time, not. Just like that Notre Dame game, defense let him down. Offense could not answer back. When it comes to Utah, they only have one loss. I think everybody's overlooking them because they're expecting Cam Rising to come back. I expected Cam Rising to come back. If this team had Cam Rising, I see them being undefeated and they're potentially um, a top five school. But because of the offense kind of lacking, this game actually looks pretty good in the offensive side for Utah. 
Still iffy if they're going to play a, a big school like Washington or Oregon. I think I don't have them winning against those teams. But Utah's really giving them a, a good name right now. And against a team like USC, they, who, which they have their number, they're able to roll, pretty much finish off USC as a two or worse lost team for the rest of the year. So USC has a lot of thinking to do now. Going into the Big Ten next year, what are they going to do? I think they're going to really struggle because the good teams are in the Big Ten. And if they can't beat teams like Utah, who doesn't have even their star quarterback, they're going to have a hard time moving along. So we'll have to see what happens with the Trojans there. But Utah wins this one, 34-32. Let's get into Arizona State update for the weekend. Arizona State visited Seattle, Washington to face the University of Washington Huskies, number five in the country. This game was a nail-biter. U.S. or USC, ASU was up at for most of this game. Washington was able to come back in this one. Got a pick six near the end of the game, which solidified the win for Washington, winning this one 15 to seven. Missed extra or missed field goals by Arizona State really caused them um, some troubles because that pick six was near the red zone. They didn't trust the kicker; he missed two already. And if maybe if he makes one of those and misses the other, they send him out for a third time. Maybe it's a seven to nine or a ten to nine game at that point, or ten to eight, whatever the the score was at that point. I don't. I'm not too sure right before the pick six. All I know is Arizona State was up. That pick six happened. Arizona State is now down, not able to answer. Offensively, this team is atrocious. Defensively, this team looked great. I thought it was probably one of the best games that they've had all season long. Um, I actually thought the game against Colorado defensively, they did not play that bad. Couple breakdowns, um, especially on that last drive against Colorado and Shador throwing that pass over the top of our uh, secondary. But overall, Colorado's the game against Colorado not bad defense, and it translated. They had a bye week last week, going over to against Washington. I thought it was actually a really good defensive game. Not a lot of breakdowns. A lot of turnovers, which is huge. Arizona State has not had a lot of turnovers. Had one turnover going into that that game. And that's surprising. Having only one turnover, not good. But being able to keep your teams in it um, for as long as you can, uh, knowing that your offense isn't going to score you any freaking points. So impressive stuff by Arizona State's defense. And going in against Washington State this upcoming week, I don't expect them to win at all. Um, expect them to be competitive and close, but I think Arizona State's really going to have a tough time on the offensive side because that offense is getting nowhere on the, on the field. So hopefully the offense shows up. Washington, they have a lot of question marks, though. They struggle against Arizona State offensively. Penix already has lost the, the favorite to be the Heisman. Going into that week, he was a favorite to win the Heisman. All of a sudden, can't do it. Now he's dropped out of that number one spot. And I think Washington does bounce back from this. They're the number five team in the country. They just beat Oregon the week before. So maybe they're coming off a little bit behind. Maybe they're overlooking Arizona State. And if that's the case, don't overlook your opponents. you got to play the week-to-week kind of game. And I think this upcoming week, Washington blows up the scoreboard. I think they're going to be fine. They'll be, they'll be good in their next game. But they got to be careful because Arizona State was coming for them, and they almost did lay down the upset there. Let's get into the rankings for this upcoming week. So your top 
five, or top six, excuse me, have not changed. You got number one, Georgia, two, Michigan, three, Ohio State, four, Florida State, five, Washington, and six, Oklahoma. Number seven, you got Texas bumping up one. Oregon is at eight, bumping up one. Alabama bumping up two to number nine. And Penn State drops three to number 10. Next, you got 11. Oregon State, they jump up one, along with Ole Miss jumping up to 12. Utah jumps up one to 13. Notre Dame jumps up one to 14. LSU gets a plus four rating up to 15, along with Missouri. They're up to 16. The big loss by North Carolina drops them seven spots down to 17. Louisville jumps up three spots, 18. Air Force Academy, they're jumping up three spots to the 19. 20, you got Duke with the big loss there. They dropped four spots, along with Tennessee dropping four to 21. Tulane gets the one-plus boost. They're up to 22. 23, you got UCLA, a plus two. USC's loss drops them from 18 down to 24, a loss of six. And a new ranking, you got James Madison going into that top 25 to round out the rankings for this upcoming week. So let's talk about the games of the weekend. I only got three games really to circle. I don't think there's a lot of great games on this weekend. There might be some upset watches, but on paper, not too many exciting ones. Here are the three that I have circled. Number six, Oklahoma visits Kansas. Kansas sometimes actually puts up some good numbers. They're 5-2 and two this year. Oklahoma really struggled against UCF, tried to, could not separate themselves out from the Knights. So Kansas at home might have a chance against the Sooners. I think that could be a potential upset watch. If not, I actually think it's going to be just a competitive game in the Big 12. So I think Oklahoma probably does win this one, but I think Kansas kind of gives them a run for their money. Game day site this upcoming weekend. Definitely going to be the best game of the weekend as well. Number 8, Oregon goes out to Salt Lake City to face number 13, Utah. Really good game here. I think the winner of this goes on to the Pac-12 championship game. Um, I think Washington may lose a game going into the Pac-12 champion before the Pac-12 championship game. If that's the case, then the, one of these one-loss teams will be able to fight uh, pretty competitively for a potential spot in the playoffs, but who knows with everything else that's going on in the college football world at that point. But I think this is going to be huge. This is going to be the second best team in the Pac-12, the winner of this. Utah hosting, it's going to be a great matchup there. And that, that crowd is loud out there in Salt Lake City. The Ducks, they have a great offense, great great quarterback in Bo Nix. He's going to be able to, to sling it, but... Is the Utah defense going to be too strong for Oregon? Because I really like that Utah defense. I think that Utah defense actually might have a chance against the Oregon Ducks. So I might give the edge a little bit to Utah, but not by much. But it's going to be definitely the best game of the weekend. And lastly, I got number 20, Duke versus number 18, Louisville. Duke coming off a a tough loss. They're done in the ACC. I think they're just playing for pride at this point. I still see them as a top 25 school by the end of the year. I think they have the, the... the quality to to stay in that top 25 school. Um, 18, Louisville. I really haven't watched too much Louisville. Of what I could see, it looks like the offense is really clicking there. Um, I think Louisville wins this one. So Duke might drop out of that top 25 and potentially not get back in. But I still think Duke's a good team. And if Louisville is going to win this one, I think it's going to be a quality win on their resume. Maybe they sneak into that ACC championship game. Who knows? Before we wrap up college football, underdog pick of the weekend. So last week, 
Unfortunately, I did have a pick. Because I didn't put it on the podcast, I'm not going to count it whatsoever. So no points last week. And the week before, I had TCU over BYU. They got smacked by BYU. So I got no points in that week. So we're at season total of 38 points. This week, I got my underdog pick a plus 10 against number 6, Oklahoma, Kansas. I think KU really is going to give them a run for their money. I think they're definitely going to cover the spread. And I really do think that they have a chance to win this game against the Sooners. If that's the case, it's going to be a nice little payday of points right there. It's really going to mess up the Big 12 as well. Maybe Texas is going to be able to come back and get into that top team in the Big 12. But Oklahoma, they have more riding on this than Kansas does. So Kansas is just going to go out and play. 5-2 and two record. Don't diss Kansas. A plus 10 underdog. I really like them this week. So hopefully the dogs are going to be able to cover here. Let's head to NHL now. So the Vegas Golden Knights, as we mentioned at the top of the show, are having an immaculate start to the year. They're having the best start since 1985-86 Edmonton Oilers for a defending Stanley Cup champion. As of right now, they are 7-0 with a plus-15 goal differential. There's only other two, there's two other undefeated teams in the league, Colorado and Boston, both at 6-0 to start off the year. All three of these teams are great. I don't know which team is going to lose first because everyone looks really good. Um, I've, out of all of these, I've seen a little bit of Vegas. They look pretty good. I watched them opening night. They dominated against uh, Seattle, and I really did not expect any to do it uh, to do anything less than that. Have not seen anything of Colorado, but Kale McCarr is, is crazy. McKinnon's so good, and uh, Miko Rantanen, he is so underrated. Puts up a lot of points. That guy is excellent as well. Boston, I've actually has seen. Uh, they played against Anaheim on Sunday, I believe that was. And I was able to watch that game. Anaheim actually looked really good against Boston. All the scoring came in that third period. 3-1. The game was closer than what the scoreline shows. Uh, even though that's a pretty close scoreline. But Boston, there might be little weaknesses there. So I think Boston might be the first team to lose out of all three of these teams. Um, but we'll have to see. Boston's next game is against Anaheim again, so I probably will be watching that one on Thursday night, and uh, we'll see. Maybe Anaheim is able to give them their first loss, but all three of these teams are stellar right now. A couple of injuries. You got Mark Stahl from the Philadelphia Flyers. He's going to be out four to six weeks with an upper body injury. Connor McDavid's going to be out one to, one to two weeks with an upper body injury as well. Andre Burakoski of the Seattle Kraken, he is going to be out six to eight weeks after undergoing a successful procedure for an upper body injury that he sustained earlier in the year. Brett Pesci is likely going to be out for a long term with a lower body injury. And lastly, Rasmus Anderson from the Calgary Flames, he suspended four games for an elbow to the head of Patrick Laine of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Laine was on the, or still on the IR because of that hit. Anderson Appealed the suspension. It was upheld to keep it at four games. I think it's a really good four games. It was a bad hit. Kind of dirty at the end. And uh, not surprised that he got it. So um, those are your injury updates for this upcoming week for hockey. NFL, not a lot to talk about. No recap this week because I'm thinking about doing an episode pretty soon about a recap. So I want to keep some stuff for that episode. So we got a few injury updates Two out of San Francisco, which are big ones. Debo Samuel has a hairline fracture in his shoulder. He'll be out at least one more game as he did miss that Monday night game against the Minnesota Vikings. And also, Brock Purdy, quarterback of the, of the 49ers, 
He is in concussion protocol, meaning that Sam Darnold is in line to start uh, the game this upcoming week for the Niners. Could be interesting. Could be something to watch out for. I think the way Shanahan's offense runs, Sam Darnold will be fine. There shouldn't be no problems. It's going to be other stuff that's going to be the problems. That offensive line looked atrocious against uh, Minnesota. So hopefully that's going to be able to, to do way better this upcoming week. But we'll have to see. And lastly, Chris Alave, New Orleans Saints, was arrested for suspicion of reckless driving. Supposedly he was going 70 miles per hour in a 35 mile per hour zone. If that's the case, that's not good. Uh, he was released after some paperwork was done, but not good for Alave there. Um, I would expect him to, to play this week and be fine, but maybe that does linger a little bit. Maybe he's able to uh, not able to start up right away, so we'll have to see what's going on there with Alave and the Saints. Let's head to baseball. So, yes, we got the World Series that is set, but let's take a look at the AL and NLCS. So we'll start off with the AL. Texas won this one in seven games, four to three. It was the first game seven that we've had in baseball since 2020. Very crazy that we have not seen a game seven since then. Um, a couple of stuff happened beforehand. Game five, Brian Abreu, pitcher for Houston, was given a two-game suspension for intentionally hitting Adolis Garcia, who was batting in game five. Garcia took it very personal, um, started yelling at Maldonado, um, benches cleared, just people were thrown out of that game, Dusty Baker was thrown out as long, as well as these two players, and uh, at the end, Abreu was the only one given a suspension, he was given two games, the weird thing is, they said um, he could serve it after the playoffs, so the start of next season, he'll miss the first two games, which seems very backwards to me, I don't agree with that, if two games in the postseason are much different than two games in the regular season. If you, the way the way I see it is, each game in the postseason's got to be like maybe seven to ten games of the regular season, just because you don't play that many games in the postseason, and that goes with any sport. And one game suspension in, in hockey is not a one game suspension in and regular season play. Same with basketball. Same in football. One game suspension is not the same in a regular season game than it is in postseason. So I do not think that a two-game suspension, him being able to to still play in the postseason and being able to just take it as a suspension going into next season is the same. That should have been bumped up. If not, MLB should just put their foot down and said, nope, you're serving it now. And Abreu actually would have been fine because they only pitched him in game six. Um, he pitched all right, but he still ended up losing game six and game seven because of it. So um, that's going to be going on for Houston starting up next year. Game seven, though, it was a bad game. Texas rolled. It wasn't even competitive whatsoever. Christian Javier was the pitcher for Houston that started. He went only 0.1 innings pitched, four hits, three runs, a walk, and no Ks. J.P. France pitched later in that game. He only went... Two-thirds of an inning pitched, five hits, four earned runs, one walk, and one K. So not a good outing from either of those guys from a combined seven runs given up. I would not, I don't want to say it was over before it started because the bats didn't even come up and it was already 4-0 Texas. So it wasn't in, it wasn't in a great situation, but we've seen Houston come back from games like that. And they started to slowly chip away back at that, but it was just too much to take 
and uh, they were just able to win this one. So uh, Houston loses another Game 7, and crazy enough, Dusty Baker has never won a Game 7 in his career, and he will go down in retirement as still never winning a Game 7. He has lost every single one, and he announced right after the game that he is retiring from managing and anything has to do with baseball. So Houston Astros now need a new manager. So they lose Game 7, they lose the championship in the American League, they lose the chance to the World Series, and now they lose the manager. So it's going to be a heavy offseason for the Houston Astros. Let's head to the National League. Arizona won this one in seven games as well, 4-3 to three over the Philadelphia Phillies. Game 7 was very entertaining if you're an Arizona fan. Um, very good back-and-forth game. Uh, very close contest, much better than the Ranger game as well. Um, in comparison for Game 7s there. But for the Phillies, entering that day, Kyle Schwarber, Trey Turner, and Bryce Harper all had an OPS over 1,000. In Game 7 alone, they all went 1 for 11. And if you include Game 6, plus Nick Castellanos, who's been killing it going into those two games, they all went 1 for 28 in the most important games of their careers. Not a good stat. Excuse me, not a good stat for any of those guys. And the Phillies just pretty much choked. But I will say, I've been on Arizona Diamondbacks from day one when I went to the game with Connor, opening or home opening game of the season for the Diamondbacks. We went to go watch the Dodgers versus the D-backs. And I said, I think the D-backs have a chance to do something special this year. I think they, they have potential to win the series or win the division. I think they have potential to make playoffs. And I think they're actually going to do something in playoffs. And I said that in a past episode, which you guys can go check that out on our page. And guess what? It came true. And then we did a halfway through the season, and I said the Arizona Diamondbacks have a potential to beat the Dodgers and beat the Braves if they have to face them in the playoffs. And what did they do? They beat the Dodgers, and they didn't even have to face the Braves, but they beat the team that beat the Braves. Just as good as beating the Braves. I think the Diamondbacks have a great chance at winning the World Series, and nobody has given them respect. I think I might be the only person out there throwing this out here that is saying that D-backs have a chance. Unfortunately, yeah, my bracket doesn't say that, but I should have just went with them, went with my gut, because my gut was saying Arizona, and I'm very happy for this team, and so is the whole state of Arizona. So D-backs are moving on. Entering the day, though, or entering the season, excuse me, there are 65 to 1 odds to win the NL pennant, which is the second biggest long shot um, in the 2000s. Um, the other one was a 75 to 1 odds of the 2008 Tampa Bay Rays. And you know the only similarity between these two teams? Evan Longoria. Evan Longoria was on that 2008 team with the Rays, and he's now on the Arizona Diamondbacks team right now. So, what does this mean? I don't know, but. It's a little comparison there. Hopefully it works better in Longoria's favor as they did lose that 2008 World Series. So the World Series, uh, we might. I think we're going to have an episode uh, recording tomorrow. Should be released either late tomorrow or early Friday. So check that out before the games because the games start on Friday. So it's going to be a very quick episode. Hopefully you guys check that out. Follow the Instagram and Twitter to know right when it happens. Okay, so... Right before we get into the next sport, quick news. San Francisco is expected to hire Bob Melvin, manager of the San Diego Padres, as their new manager. So that is a little nugget of news coming out outside of the playoffs. All right, last sport of the week, 
college hockey. So let's get into the rankings this week. So our top three have not changed from last week. Number one, Minnesota. Number two, Denver. And number three, Boston College. Fourth, we got North Dakota. They jumped up one. Quinnipiac, minus one to five spot. Michigan is at six. They jumped up one. Number seven, Providence. They jumped up three. Uh, Michigan State did not move whatsoever. They're at eight. Boston University did drop three to nine. Western Michigan dropped one to ten. Minnesota Duluth dropped three to eleven. Cornell dropped one to twelve. Arizona State had the biggest jump. They jumped up five to thirteen. Wisconsin, who may have had, also had one of the biggest jumps, if you want to consider it, goes from not ranked to fourteen. Penn State dropped three to fifteen. Ohio State dropped three to sixteen. Harvard dropped two to seventeen. Northeastern dropped two to eighteen. And two unranked, UMass and Omaha ranked 19 and 20. Other receiving votes, though, we had New Hampshire with 49, Colorado College 42, Holy Cross 38, Maine 34, Merrimack 34, UMass Lowell 34, Minnesota State 24, St. Cloud State 15, Michigan Tech 13, RIT 12, and St. Thomas 11. A lot of double-digit votes this last week for the teams just out of the, the top 20. As we mentioned at the top of the show, there's only one team in the top 20 that is still undefeated going into this weekend. And this happens to be number 13 ranked Arizona State. They are 4-0 going into this weekend. They won the last two weekends beating Merrimack at home and beating Northern Michigan at home. Um, they've been looking really great. A uh, couple of power play chances that I thought were not great, but overall... I think the power plays look pretty good. PKs look pretty good. Um, TJ, he's looking great back there in net. He's keeping them within games. Not a lot of scoring in the first periods, but it's really been that second and third period where Arizona State has been scoring a lot of their goals and really separating themselves from these other teams. Uh, Matthew Copperud, he holds the now the school record for power play goals at 28 as he scored another power play goal in game two against Northern Michigan. This upcoming weekend, though, they have to face Miami of Ohio, the Red Hawks. The Red Hawks did not play last week, but they come into this upcoming weekend 3-1-0 on a three-game win streak. So maybe there's going to be a little bit of trouble there. First road game of the season, Arizona State has not been uh, a good road team in the last couple of years. So hopefully they're able to figure, figure that out a little bit better. Luckily this year, they have a lot of home games. So win those big games at home and Sometimes if you go 500 on the road, you're still a playoff team, which I know that's their big goal there. They want to be that playoff team. So Arizona State plays against Miami this upcoming weekend. Hopefully they're able to squeak out two games. All right, games to watch this weekend. MLB, Saturday, game two of the World Series at 5.03 on Fox. NFL, you got the Browns versus the Seahawks. Sunday at 1 o'clock on Fox. College football, Got to go with number 8, Oregon, versus number 13, Utah, Saturday at 12.30, ABC. NBA, I know we didn't talk about NBA at the top. NBA is back this upcoming weekend. We got everybody playing Saturday and either Saturday or Sunday. I'm going to choose the Saturday slate. You got 76ers versus Toronto Raptors, Saturday at 4.30 p.m., I think it might be one of the better games this upcoming weekend for NBA. And lastly, college hockey. You got number nine, Boston University versus number 19, UMass. Really good game. I think Boston University is going to be able to take one and UMass will take the other. So I think it's going to be a split. 
it's going to be a really good top 20 matchup. Definitely with that those teams being so close to each other too. Good rivalry there. All right, guys. Well, that'll do it for this episode. Appreciate you guys listening. Make sure you guys check out our Instagram and Twitter because we'll be posting whenever we release episodes. And we're going to be doing an episode about the World Series. Probably will be a quick episode. Not too long, I would su- suppose. Hopefully it's not too long. Um, so check that out before the game start on Friday. And thank you guys for listening. Keep on subscribing. Keep on, keep on telling other people because it helps out the podcast a lot. Appreciate you guys listening. Have an awesome weekend. We'll see you guys later.